and then they saw me in a bra, and that was exactly. it. This is Danny B. from Buffalo, New York. Are you ready for the B&B experience? Here we go, boys and girls. A face full of blazer and the lion. Welcome to Single Podcast Theory. What's going on, Pearl Jam nerds? You are listening to Single Podcast Theory. I'm Brad Lyons. And I'm Brad Blazek. What's up? Hey, man. Hey, bud. Um, Well, first of all, thanks, Danny B., for the intro. Love it. Love the give and to fly in there. Yeah, um, good stuff. Yeah, man. And uh, can you fucking believe it, Brad? Not only is this the Versus episode, but we get to usher this episode in... With a new Pearl Jam song. Yes. How fucking psyched were you when you got that email? No, it was, yeah, I was at work when I got it. Ooh, that sucks. Yeah, and you know, with the iPhone, you can't, like, download anything. You know what I mean? So all day, I'm like, I gotta hear this song. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But I couldn't. And uh, so finally got home, downloaded it. I'm like, I I like it. I think it's awesome. I do too, man. it's, It's different. Don't you think? Uh, no. Well, no. I don't. I mean, yeah. Kind like the drums. The drums are kind of, kind of a. There's a weird thing going on there with the percussion. Yep. Which is to me, what's kind of different. Yeah. It's this. I I can't wait. Yeah, it's different. That's what I thought too. (laughs) Yeah, we're on the same page. (laughs) We're just alike. (laughs) We're both brads. Right. Um, I don't. I mean, I haven't had enough time to to like truly dig into it. I'm sure we'll both um, have a lot to say. I'm sure we're gonna get some emails from. Well, we already have actually uh, from some people just kind of talking about the new song. But um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm just happy to hear something new that's Pearl Jam. And yeah, somebody pointed out it's been five years Ooh. since anything new by them. That hurts. Yeah, I didn't, I just, you know, between going to concerts and, you know, like Christmas single material, like I didn't realize, no, there hasn't been a new original recording by them in five years. It's like, wow. That's exciting. And I was, yeah, I I liked it because part of uh, 
during the day yesterday, there was a lot of people like on Facebook bitching about it and saying it's awful. Oh, and fuck that. Like, I mean, whatever. I, yeah, have your but opinion, I, but. yeah, but I hadn't heard it. So I'm like getting like, oh, my God, this is going to be terrible. Like, what is this? You know? And then I downloaded it. I'm like, no, this is good. Like, it's, I don't know. People are, people are weird. Well, yeah. I mean, for me personally, um, and then we can move on, but, well, a few things. I can't, is that Brendan producing? Like, who's producing that track? I want to know that, you know? Yeah. Um, Is this, is this a song, have they been working on a record, and this is a song that they knew wasn't going to fit, and so that's why they used it as a single, or is it just really like, you know something they recorded three years ago and they're putting it out now. Like right. just all that stuff that I haven't had the time to find out yet. And maybe the information's not yet there yet, but yeah, I mean, well, we're only like 24 hours away from it. So there's not a lot of right. info out there And the email, like, you know, the yesterday was the 10th. So all this, uh, the, the 10 club, uh, monthly email always comes out on the 10th. Mm-hmm. And this month, all we got was, Surprise, here's a single. And that's it. Right. So is this the Christmas is this the twenty seventeen Christmas single? Is oh, this right. like you said, is this a is this a new single that's gonna be on the album that they drop in in a month and surprise everyone? Or is it just like an outtake? <laughs> you know? Sure. So I don't know. So much but, to think about. Um, yeah. anyway, but regardless, I'm excited. I like it personally. Yeah. Um, I do too. Yeah, you guys can email. I mean, obviously, obviously, we want to hear what you guys think about it. Singlepodcast3 at gmail.com. Uh, you know all of our socials as well. I mean, just search for us on Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. We're on Reddit, The Porch, Facebook, blah, blah, blah. You can you can find us. You know how to do that. Um, because we've got a lot to talk about this week, given there's a new single. This episode is about Versus. Uh, Eddie sang on the Oscars, which we're about to get into. We've got another little... Uh, single podcast theory announcement for all the listeners. So we are going to bypass the Pearl Jam story and the email section this week. Uh, just because I feel like we both feel like there's plenty to talk about. Um, yeah, this, this, we didn't want to make a three hour exactly. episode. <laughs> and it totally would have been. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. <laughs> and neither one of, one, neither one of us want to feel like we're rushing through email right. stuff or whatever. So we'll, we'll come back to that next week. And, like we said, we're probably just going to put together a uh, a bonus episode of just emails for for those that really. I know that there's a lot of people that really dig that part. So, yeah. Um, so next on the list, man, Eddie Vedder at the Oscars. Please welcome Eddie Vedder. <laughs> I got a room at the top of the world tonight I can see everything tonight Which, not only is it just fucking cool that he was doing that, but for me personally anyway, and I know you're in the same boat, but I mean, I'm a huge Tom Petty fan. Um, So just getting to hear him and I love that song. 
Um, it's yeah. uh, it's the I believe it's the yeah it's the first song on uh, Echo is the name of the record and uh, it's a fucking great song and then hearing Eddie do it with all the kind of orchestration in the background and the way they timed it with with all the audio clips and video clips from from different people that you know that community lost this year um, I, don't know, I thought it, it was, was really cool. People did kind of point out it was weird that they didn't have Chris picture Cornell. Chris Cornell. Yeah. 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 And I'm just like, mm-hmm. I don't know what their uh, criteria is right. for that, you know? Sure. It's But, I mean, the only way I look at it is it's not like he was really... In the known. movie industry? Right. 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 Yeah, I but think it would showed... have been a big deal if it was the Grammys and they didn't do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. would have been like... But hell, they 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 didn't show Adam West. Um, was that this year? There was a yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah, there was there was three or four. Powers Booth. You know who that is? I recognize the name. I, know I don't you, know what. From. Yeah, you you he was. Um, did you watch Deadwood? Uh, a little bit. Uh, he was the. Uh, he owned the the. He was like um, Al's, like main competitor across the street uh, i don't remember he was uh he's in tombstone oh no i know that movie for he, sure. he's uh he's the one that what's he say bye <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> right i got you he's he's awesome yeah. he is fucking that dude is an awesome actor uh but they they there was three or four like he like to me like huge Just- just kind of head scratchers. You're like, yeah, what? like Adam West, fucking Adam West. Come on, man, Batman, Batman, dude. Like that. That's really a head scratcher. It's the fucking Oscars, right? So I don't know. Well, anyway, back to the, to Eddie's performance, yeah. um, right? It's <laughs> <laughs> been the Hollywood minute, with and Fred that, and Brad, right? Exactly. Um, and not that there's a whole lot to really pick apart in it. I mean, I thought he sounded great. He did a great job. I mean, it's not like it's the oh, first time yeah. he's done a Petty song either. So yeah, um, and that was another surprise. Like I, I, I didn't know he was going to be there, and I know, like, within an hour or two before the show started, people started saying like online, like, "Holy shit, Eddie's going to be there, and he's going to perform." Right. So yeah, was I was in the cool. same boat. I didn't know about it. Until I saw some stuff pop up on my Twitter feed um, yeah. before the Oscars. But, um, oh, there's something else I was going to say. Oh, well, I th- also think it's cool that, you know, I don't know, that, that he was included. He was asked to do it. it. Just, for me, it's just proof that I'm not the only one that thinks he's still relevant. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It was just, it's fucking Eddie Vedder, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what else to say about it, but he still got it. He sounded yeah. great. So a lot of Pearl Jam treats this week. All right. So real quick, unless you got something else about that. No, not about that. Just, can I say something real quick that we we didn't even talk about this, but yeah. I know you know about it. Sure. Uh, it's not Pearl Jam related, but I'm sure there's some people that are fans that are also fans of Kevin Smith. Mm. And that dude, dude, I keep forgetting to ask you about that. Yeah. I, I am a huge fan 
of, yeah. of Kevin and especially of his podcast. And this is just like one of the reasons I want to mention it is because what we do for me is a, hugely influenced by that guy. Sure. And, and his movies, yep. you know what I mean? But he, if you don't know, he's, he's, uh, he is an indie filmmaker. Um, if you know who Jane silent Bob are, he's, he's silent Bob, but he wrote and directed, directed all those movies clerks and mall rats and all that stuff mm-hmm. um and he had like a massive heart attack i guess two weeks ago now right yeah maybe 10 10 days ago but he he's like completely okay they were able to fix him up and i just i just i just wanted to mention it on the show because i love that dude no i'm and, in the same uh, boat with you i mean just, you, i'm glad he's okay yeah you're you're <clears throat> in deeper with him than i am yeah. but i i've yeah. always loved him and even he's one of those people that um even if i don't like everything that he puts out he's still just one of those people that i'm just glad he's doing stuff right does that make sense yeah totally he's just a good person to have in the world you know of art yeah. and culture and all that kind of stuff he's smart um he's thoughtful he seems like a really kind guy, especially after hearing experiences you've had with meeting him. Yeah. I've met him. I've, the first time I met him was in Nashville after a, a Q and a, well, he did, he did a um, podcast with, with Jay Muse mm-hmm. and then he did a Q and a show. And that was like five or six hours, like total, you know what I mean? From the, the time they started, then there was a little break and then he went and did like the Q and a, and he came out outside after the show and like talked to everybody for like an hour. I mean, he he stopped and talked to everyone for like ten or fifteen minutes. Just just the nicest dude. And I I was like, hey man, I'm a big fan. I've been there since like Clerks came out, like you know, over twenty years. And just about everything you do, I'm just I love it. And he just looked at me and got this giant smile on his face and like opened his arms for a hug. And I just like lost it. <laughs> yeah, man. That's fucking cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just yeah. So I mean, I just he's just he's just such a a really nice dude. So yeah. And he didn't have to do that. He could have been like, "Fuck you, I'm gone." I've been talking you know, for five hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, he. I mean, people are asking about losing weight, and just he was just as nice as you could you could want. So. Yeah. Well, I'm glad anyway. he's he's all right and recovering, yeah. and we send all the the positive vibes your way, Kevin Smith. Uh, all right, so next up on the list before we get into verses, um, we are ready to grow this show. So um, we're really excited that we now have a Patreon.com page. If you don't know what Patreon is, um, if you're someone that doesn't listen to a whole lot of other podcasts, because uh, it's kind of standard as far as a way to keep podcasts like this for free, which we will always do. Um, but it's a way for us to uh, get support, basically, uh, for ways that we want to expand the show. Uh, I, don't, I don't even know what the examples would be. We have so many lists, but we knew we couldn't <laughs> even get to it until we started this. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I mean, obviously, we would like to be able to travel. And I'm not just talking about, like, excuses to go to the shows, because we're going to figure that out anyway, whether we're doing the podcast or not. But I feel like we have met a lot of people, and it'd be cool to con- kind of continue that vibe. <clears throat> um, 
So we have a couple different tiers. We got some T-shirts made up. Um, you know, if you can't afford to support, awesome. No worries. Like we said, we want this to be free. But if you can, it would be a huge help, and it would go a long way to us kind of expanding this podcast now. So uh, we don't want to go off on some long rant about it, but we want you to know it's there. The uh, You can correct me if I'm wrong, Brad, because you actually set this up, but it is patreon.com slash single podcast theory. Is that correct? I think so. Um, I just if you go just just go to patreon.com yeah, and just search, search for us. Single podcast theory. It'll uh, come up. Yeah, it'll show you the different tiers. It'll show you um, the t-shirt that we put together. Um, and also if you can't do monthly and you just want to be able to donate and get a shirt, then that'll help us as well. So you can just buy a t-shirt if that's what you like. And as time goes on and we figure this out more, we will continue to expand it with more stuff, but we feel like we're at a good starting point point right now. So thank you to all of you that are interested in supporting. And if not, thank you for just listening. So, um, you got anything else to add to that? No, just the, nothing is going to change as far as the show. So, no, it's just a way for us to make it better. And we're not making money off of it. This is all goes back to the no, show. <laughs> this isn't so I can buy a pack of smokes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, um, this is all going back in the show. Right. So we need a speaker, not speakers. Yeah. I need speakers. No, <laughs> no, I need a microphone. <laughs> yeah. There is some equipment on your and, side that we, yeah. cause we have, you know, are in this habit of spending an hour and a half before we even start <laughs> recording, figuring out some <laughs> weird thing. But anyway, uh, just letting you guys know that it's there. So, uh, thanks for all the support you've already given us and any you can give us in the future. All right, bud. If we're done, one, with pay, uh, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Just, just one quick thing, uh, before we get into verses. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we're not doing emails, but we've gotten a few people that have wrote in about the, uh, what is that song? The Tom Jones quote unquote song. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, it's not, it's not Tom Jones. I, yeah, I, I'm going to take the blame for that. Cause I'm the one that said it. And yeah. at the time I, I didn't know who the fuck did that song. It just sounded right. very Tom Jones. It to d- me. Yeah. So well, I kind of said that. And you know, I'm not afraid of being wrong either. Right. I'm not trying to make yeah. excuses. I'm just saying that's what it sounded like to me. It was funny. Um, but thank you guys for, for correcting us. Yeah. W- look, I mean, I doubt <laughs> we need all that. the help we can get. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't think I ever have any mistakes made, but that's we do true. need to keep, we need to keep you in check. Yeah, absolutely. So send those, send those corrections in people. Mm-hmm. So I need but to get it my was, ass kicked on the daily. It's a, <laughs> it's a band called hot chocolate oh yeah that's right yeah it is so it's funny too because the second we got done taping it was like stuck in the back of my head i was like i know it's well, not I tom kept jones thinking, but i, I kept thinking that's what that's what i was saying i'm like i don't think it's tom jones but i don't know who it is right. so i'm just gonna let it fly yeah right on <laughs> <laughs> we just let Brad L take right. all the heat for it. <laughs> I'm cool with it. I'm down with it. All right, dude. It's time for the reason for the episode. Motherfucking verses. Versus. So here's the deal, man. Before I know you're gonna uh kind of go through some quick basic facts on it, but right. this is another prime example of now I I believe when we did our top ten 
you know, studio records or whatever in order of preference. Mine was, I mean, Versus is definitely in my top five, I think. It, it had to have been. Because I think Binaural yeah. was number five. I think Versus was number four. Uh, but man, listening to it this week, <laughs> yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? I was sitting there going, maybe this is my favorite record. Yeah. And it's, it's not, but it just goes <laughs> to show like for me that anything in that top five, they're so fucking close to each other. Yeah. You oh know? yeah. Well, my thing is like, I'm pretty sure I probably had 10 over versus right but but man like you just said like listening to it this past week Ooh. i was like you know what <laughs> like, it is so fucking it is, good yeah like man it's really it is it sounds better just the like the production of it mm-hmm. and some of the song i mean it's just i don't it's hard to explain yeah but well, it just it really just rocks yeah, and man. I don't know. It's not. It's a little more like looser, you know, than ten. Mm-hmm. It's not as polished, right? Yeah, it's, that, it's weird. It's not as polished in a polished way because it doesn't yeah. sound chaotic. But it just for me, it shows <clears throat> two things, and then we'll kind of we'll get to the facts because we're kind of already jumping into the general discussion right. about the record. But um, it shows how much they grew. I mean, because you have to contextualize it. They recorded 10, and they'd only been a band for like three months. Right. Then they have a couple years of, what, two years of touring constantly and mm-hmm. writing before mm-hmm. their their sophomore release, and they have a new producer. And I believe that's the other part of it, is that not only had they become a better band and kind of figured each other out in a certain way, but Brendan was huge. And, yeah. and the, cause to me, this is where the, the, the sound of the band starts. Yeah. Is, is versus just from a production sound standpoint. Well, and stone even said like, this was the first one, first time they like literally as a band came together and he didn't bring everything to the table. Cause most of those 10 songs are all stone stone songs right yeah you know and this one was way more of a collaborative kind of thing sure well you want to give us just some some basic kind of get started facts about the record yeah it was released uh october 19th 1993 it sold it's okay it's a weird thing it sold nine hundred fifty thousand copies the first week but that was because it, it probably sold more than that in the first week, but SoundScan only counted the first five days as a week. Hmm. So uh, on those next two days, I'm sure they went over a million. So it's it's there's some weird like you can never break that record because now they count seven days as a week. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, sure. <laughs> but anyway, it's it um it kept that record for. Uh, it was it sold the most in one week, and that was a record for five years. Oh my god! Um, yeah, That's it so... went platinum seven times, just like Kid Rock. Ooh, just like, just like Kid <laughs> went platinum seven times. Um, you like Kid Rock, right? <laughs> mm, my favorite. <laughs> 
Uh, they started recording it at the uh, Potato Head Studio in Seattle in February of 93. Then they went to the site in Nicasio, California. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's I don't just know. outside of San Francisco. Um, and they finished the record in, in, in May. But uh, we can probably get into the site, the recording studio, the site. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they, I guess it's like this beautiful, luxurious studio that like all the huge. Yeah. That's some high dollar shit, man. Yeah. You're talking uh, like 24 seven onsite chefs and just, yeah. Crazy shit. I wonder why, what do you, why do you think, do you think that's like the, the record company like sent them there? How does that work? Why would they go to something like that? I, I would imagine um, that it probably had to do with label and management, um, mm-hmm. and and their kind of. The, I mean, we have to remember that they were still kind of green at this point, uh, yeah. as far as them as a band, and so I bet they were probably more. I mean, who knows? I I can't pretend to know what was in people's brains from 1993, <laughs> but. Uh, I think they're probably more concerned with, you know, I bet it was a little bit of, they're more concerned about the songs and they're concerned about, uh, the producer, Brendan. And then I bet there was a little bit of like, man, we've been fucking, especially people like Jeff and Stone, we've been fucking slugging it out for years on like shoestring budgets and blah, 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 blah. We're finally getting somewhere, so let's enjoy it a little bit, maybe. Yeah, you know? that makes sense. Which, well, it totally backfired. <laughs> but anyway. I was going to say, like Eddie, Eddie apparently he hated was not it. down with that. And there's a there's a quote that's uh, kind of funny. He says something about I was not comfortable there because it was so comfortable. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and um, I guess he just had uh, you know a hard time with the. I don't I guess the culture shock, you know, coming coming from the basement, mm-hmm. you know, of the Potato Head Gallery in Seattle and then going to a place like that. Um and it had the opposite effect on Dave A. He was like, This is great. Like I love it here, you know? And well, Eddie Eddie was like, How can you how? Like how do you make a rock and roll record here? Well, I believe it was in uh hopefully I'm not remembering incorrectly but i think it was in the pearl gym 20 book where they mentioned uh eddie being really fucking annoyed by stone pulling a lars like he would uh stone would show up to sessions in a bathrobe and like slippers and shit and (laughs) eddie was just like what the fuck are we in a rock and roll band or what's going on here you know yeah because i i mean everyone's got their own their own style, man, their own thing. But I I kind of feel like I'm on Eddie's side of this in that there's there's something about creativity where, like, struggle, just a little bit of struggle is a good thing. Like, I don't know how productive uh, and emotive I would be in the kind of situation where I have a 24 seven chef and there's probably like a masseuse on staff and right. everything's perfect. And yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, if you, 
if you are like a working class kid, it, 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 this is your job. So it should feel like work. You're right. And it sounds like this place was like being on vacation. Sure. You know, and you can't get work done like that. You know, Eddie's said he wanted to, you know, um, he was a big fan of like uh, Black Flag and um, oh, what's the other band that's like famous for $5 concert tickets? I mean, are you talking um, about like Fugazi or? You yes. Of, yeah. Okay. Fugazi. You know, so he's he's coming from. You know, that he wants super to super underground, sort of, yeah, DIY, yeah, right. So, you can't do it when you're in like the rolling hills with you know a chef at your fingertips, you know what I mean? Sure. So, well, and that's why there was a lot of um, you know, Eddie just disappearing, mm-hmm. and and Jeff and Stone, I believe, has spoken about. You know, they didn't quite get what, where Eddie was and where he was coming from. And I think the, they were kind of the band and Eddie in certain ways were kind of missing each other um, in the sense that he felt like he needed to get out of that environment to write. And so he did a lot of, I guess there was a period there where he like disappeared for like a couple days. And Brendan was just mm-hmm. like, well, I'd love to fucking move on, but you don't have a lead singer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And come to find out, he was just kind of, uh, you know, in California and he would drive a couple hours away and sometimes he would just sleep in his truck and right. lay there and try and write. And, um, you know, hindsight obviously being 2020, the guys see what was going on now, but from what I've read, it kind of freaked him out too. <laughs> a little bit because they're just like this dude's just disappearing you know but at the same time he was i mean he he definitely did his fucking job you know yeah Um, yeah nothing suffered because of it so well apparently they they wrote and recorded four songs like within the first week right and but then after that there was a little bit of a lull you know yeah and this might be a good spot there's a uh, i'll have to apologize from obviously this is from 1993 so the sound quality is terrible but here's um stone and jeff talking a little bit in an interview i believe it's with uh mtv i could be wrong it doesn't really matter but talking about a little bit of this process it could have been a a hard record to make and it wasn't so and a lot of that had to do with with, with, with Brendan O'Brien, the guy who helped make the record with us, and just the, the setting, and and us all kind of, you know, relaxing and being open-minded enough to, to make it happen. And I guess it could have been a harder, I mean, now that, now that you guys are so famous, it's not like when you were recording your first album, your debut, debut album, there wasn't all that pressure. Did you guys feel like, you know, here's our sophomore effort, you know, there's all that expectation. Did you guys even worry about it at all? Or I think we had internal expectations of just, like, wanting to make a record that we all liked and we all, you know, felt better about than the last record. And uh, I think in general that's that's enough of a, a motivator. I don't think any of us were really too focused on the, on the outside because I don't think we ever have been too much in the past. And I think when we focus on what we want to do and what makes us happy in general, that generally translates probably to people are liking it better anyway so did you uh, 
approach the songwriting and the recording of it differently than you did with Tan? Actually, we were uh, we we sort of uh, the general process is when you make a record, or at least it's been kind of established as the general process, uh, that you record all your basic drums first, and then you start doing guitars and bass, and you overdub everything you, you want to fix, and and then at the very end of the you know six or eight weeks, you do all this overdubbing, you mix the whole thing, and, and we decided we kind of wanted to keep it a little bit more spontaneous, and uh, so what we did was we record one or two songs in a week, or you know three songs in a week, and and finish them off completely so everyone was like in the studio same week do you like the song you know what what's working for everybody what's not let's make a decision about it now rather than like oh okay well we can fix it in you know a month and a half in the mix and we'll just bring somebody else in and mix it or whatever so and that kept that kept things really fresh and kept everyone really involved in it especially you know just having everybody there and keeping everybody fresh it was a good thing all right so that was stone um which is really cool to hear and i think you know, him talking about basically the immediacy of the way they recorded and mixed and they were kind of doing a song at a time and like, do we like this? No, throw it out or keep going or let's start a new song instead of kind of drawing everything out, which I can tell you from experience what happens in those situations is people start second guessing things and they go, well, maybe it's just that one snare hit. Maybe we should blah, blah, blah. You know, you start nitpicking yeah. and it kind of sucks the life out of the music that way. Yeah. So it was cool to hear them. Um, I don't know, experience that, which again, I mean, I could do five podcasts about Brendan O'Brien, but, um, <laughs> just the way that was just such a perfect, pairing with the way he works and what ended up being so kind of magical about their records is that it is imperfect in a really great way and no bullshit and it's you know mainly live and you just you can feel the performance you know yeah uh did you have any more little facts um, i didn't want to skip past anything no just um the the album was going to be called five against one mm-hmm but they kind of changed it at the last minute to verses. Um, and five against one has, there's a few different meanings, I guess, to it or perceived meanings. One is like, it's basically the five guys in the band against the world. Right. Um, but there's also people that say it was Eddie versus the other guys right. plus, plus Brendan. Right. So they, that, they said they wanted to make it a little it's five against one five against one seemed real like on the nose you know yeah, versus sure. versus was a little more uh what do you call it uh a little more vague in yeah. general yeah. not quite so open to open to interpretation right that's what i was trying to say i see i did it i hey, thought something buddy. i couldn't remember and then I, your brain didn't break. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> um, all right. So before, again, to kind of contextualize where this the band was, too, I think it's important to talk about, before we get into the track by track, about, I guess, what's the right word for it? Where they were um, in, in the culture and just socially is not the right word. See, now I'm pulling a Brad B. Um <laughs> But, you know, I mean, think about it. They had gone from 
a band that's three months old making their first record to a band that was playing live constantly that you could turn on, you could flip through the radio stations at that time and hear three different Pearl Jam songs on three different stations at the same Mm -hmm. time. It was just in fucking sane. Yeah. And you take someone, uh, this is going to be a little clip of Eddie talking about an example of kind of where his head is at at the time. Well, you know, like, you know, I was in, uh, like, uh, ordering some eggs in a small coffee shop and someone came up and stopped me and the waitress, this older lady kind of witnessed it and said, oh, you're, uh, what's his name? And I said, yeah, yeah, you know. She says, what, you know, you don't like it? And I said, oh, it's just, it's no big deal, you know, I'm just this guy. And she says, well, if you don't like it, you know, you certainly picked the wrong business to be in, you know. And she had a really good point. The fact is, is when you sit in your room playing guitar, you sit and play because uh, you have this need to get this aggression out or something. The last thing that any musician has to worry about or any kid has to worry about is like being on the cover of fucking Time magazine. You don't have to worry about that as a musician. That's a ridiculous word. You don't have to worry. You don't have to worry about being successful. It's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. So it still seems like it's just happening to someone else, you know? Yeah, so it's Eddie just kind of, like I said, giving an example of like an everyday scenario kind of thing. Like you're at a coffee shop and people are recognizing you. And and I kind of like that little Eddie awkward, sheepish smile he he got when, you know, she the woman said to him, like, well, you picked the wrong profession then, or whatever she said. And he was just kind of like, yeah, you got a point. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I think it is that, that like what he was talking about with the, um, um, when you start out doing it. Yeah. Okay. So there's always, especially for guys that are musicians, there's that typical like, well, you just do it to get chicks. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, some people are like that. Sure. Um, I can speak for only myself and say that that was not why I started doing music. I mean, for me, I mean, on a basic level, I just love music. But there was also kind of an emotional, cathartic, therapeutic aspect to music for me, you know? And yeah. when you come from that kind of place, which I, I, I would say that most musicians, that's where they come from. And I don't mean that everyone doesn't have their moments of ego and like, what if I well, was yeah, famous? I mean, everyone... Everyone fantasizes sure. about those things, but you never think it's going to happen, <laughs> right? You don't think it's really going to happen, <laughs> right. you know? Mm-hmm. So, so I don't know. It was just kind of cool to going through some of this interview footage and stuff, researching for this episode. Kind of helped the the fifteen year old Brad uh, be less confused about. Eddie in that band at the time, I just wasn't old enough mm-hmm. to really understand maybe what they might have been going through. Um, but now looking back and pulling up some of those really old interviews, you can look at it and just be like, oh, you poor bastards. <laughs> like, yeah. On one hand, you've finally gotten what you wanted. On the other hand, that thing is making you fucking miserable, you know? Right. So, yeah. 
Um, and then you have assholes just telling you, well, just quit then. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah. <laughs> well, but you like, know what, to their credit, is they kind of did. They were like, fuck making music well, videos. Like, yeah, they didn't do videos for this. They hardly did any press. Press, yeah. You know? Uh, so, yeah. They did. <laughs> they, didn't do, they didn't do video another video for like 10 years. Yeah. They just stuck to making records and playing live, mm-hmm. which yeah. makes me love them even more. Um, yeah. All right, man. Is it time for a track by track? I think it is. I'm so psyched. <laughs> okay. Track number one, go. Dude, I will never forget. What day did you say this came out? October 13th? Yes. I will never forget being <laughs> at Magic Platter. Uh, I couldn't even drive yet. I had to... I don't remember if my like my mom took me <laughs> or if I had an older friend that was going. And I rode with them to camp out in front of the store until midnight. And they opened up. And I remember the vinyl. I remember seeing that that fucking sheep um, on the cover and just being like, what yeah. is this? And I couldn't wait to get into the car to pop that CD in and hear what was going to happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I yeah. heard some of these songs from bootlegs and stuff like that, but hearing that weird little, like they're just fucking around, kind of jamming, warming yeah. up at the beginning of go, and then that, that fucking bass note and then (laughs) I was like oh my god because it was so much faster and heavier than anything that was on 10 yeah 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 I was I had just graduated high school and I was actually living with my uncle but I was in a car wreck like two days before yeah my car was totaled so I was living with my aunt and I just remember being up in their spare room with a little boombox with that orange CD and just like listening to it over and over and over that, you know, that, that, that night after work. Sure. And, uh, but yeah, just that, that opening, like you just said, that little like, blah, 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 and then the drum beat and then the bass line comes in and it's, it's just the way it, it sounds. It doesn't sound like, a proper song until that little there's a pause (laughs) there's a little pause and then you know and uh yeah i was just like all right (laughs) like like this is awesome and it's still exciting to hear that like i still get super fucking psyched every time i pop in verses to listen to and that song comes on yeah um well, and then to find out years later, I didn't. I didn't know this till a long time later that supposedly this song's a. He just wrote it about his truck. Well, <laughs> I, I think. <laughs> I, you think that was him being cagey with an answer? I because th- I yeah, think that's I th- part of it. I think it's part of it. I think it. There is. I think it's both. I think it's two things. You know. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's it can be looked at 
on the surface as about a pickup truck. And then if you go down deep, deeper into layers, it's about some sort of relationship. Sure. You know, but it does the, it, it is funny if it's about a pickup truck. <laughs> right. Doesn't make me like the song any less if it is, but right. Um, yeah. But dude, what about Michael fucking? Uh, I was waiting for you to say something because I was about to. <laughs> because he is just unrelenting on this. It's not just one little quick solo. It's like two or three times where they like let him shine and he fucking kills it. You know what's interesting about that is Dave A wrote this song. Part of yeah yeah totally. You know especially that beginning. You know. Mm-hmm. So. That's yeah, a weird riff, too. I love it. Um, yeah, it's a kick-ass mic moment, man. He was just... That record, some of those leads, he was just like, fuck it. Just, just throw the wah pedal on and <laughs> play some nasty, fast, pentatonic scale shit, you know? Anyway, love it. Then... Or, or are you done with that one? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, it is our show. We can always come back to it if we want to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If now, I think of something to say about Go, I will. Okay. I'll come back to it. Okay. You have my permission. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, all right. Track number two, Animal. You know, obviously already familiar with this song. I wore out my VHS tape of them playing it at the VMAs. Um, because that was before the record came out, right? Yes. Yes, it was. I know it was. I don't know why I just asked that. Um, <laughs> and it was it was odd, man. It took me a little while. I I loved that VMA performance so much that I preferred it to the record version for a while. Hmm. You know? Interesting. Just because that was, I don't know, maybe it was the visual part too. Because Eddie was so just intense and lost and yeah, in that VMA performance. He's um, wearing that like green army jacket, yeah, isn't man. he? Yeah, man. And he's got his, his head is down. Down. And his hair is just, it's short. Mm-hmm shorter right than like the unplugged era but it's like a mop and just the way he's like shaking his head and singing just like spit coming out of his <clears> mouth <throat> and these yeah. like grunts and little screams off mic and mm. oh god that was such a good Swoon. performance Swoon. yeah exactly part two <laughs> <laughs> i mean i am strictly hetero but i might spoon with eddie <laughs> I might spoon with uh, 1993 VMA <clears throat> Should I do the rest of the podcast in that voice? Yeah, could you? No. <laughs> um, I mean, it's such a I classic always, song. But when I heard the song, though, on the on the what is it? <laughs> uh, 
VMAs. I almost said the WMAs. <laughs> we'll get there, bud. <laughs> Calm yeah. down. I I thought this was. I thought it was even flow. Really? Just that. Yeah. That it. It always. I love the song. Sure. But it always, like, if you played the first three seconds, like name that tune kind of thing, of Animal. It sounds like the first two or three seconds of Even Flow to me. Interesting. It's just it's just got that same <clears throat> sort of sound. Which this is um, this is one of Stone's demos from like bef- like before Mookie Blaylock. So I don't know. Maybe he was channeling something with with this song and Even Flow, where they just to me I. I don't know. They just oh yeah, what was the name of that demo? Was that the weird? That's a? weird. A. Yeah, weird A. Cool, but yeah, I I love this song too, and uh, I guess this was written out of anger by Eddie at a record executive that said he wanted the vocals on the record turned up because or. Well, turned up, and he wanted Eddie to sing like more clearly because he was like, "Well, people can't understand what you're saying." And then I guess Eddie told him what the song was about, and the guy was like, "Uh, yeah, maybe people don't need to hear you so much." <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> so that's I guess that's where the lyrical lyrical content comes from. Interesting. I never. I didn't know that. I just yeah. learned something, Brad B. Oh, cool. Thanks, bud. I'm a teacher. Uh, you are a teacher. <laughs> I'm the student. Okay, uh, moving on. We've got Daughter. Now, this one for me is, well, let me think before I say this. Yeah, this is a huge departure at the time. Like, it doesn't sound like anything on, to me anyway, it doesn't sound like anything on 10. Right. And, you know, we've already got Go and Animal, which, I mean, aren't the same, but they're the same vibe. Right, just heavy yeah. hitting, upbeat, Straight up nasty rockers. rock and roll. Yeah, and then we get this. Uh, you know, again, I still remember this: the the an, animal dying off, and then hearing that that arpeggiating thing on the acoustic, and then Dave starting to play that sixteen note hi hat thing before the acoustic riff comes in. I'm just like, what the fuck is this gonna be? <laughs> um. What do you think about this song? Are you a huge fan uh, of this song? I love it. Okay. Yeah. I love it. I mean, it's kind of because I listen to so many bootlegs and they play it so much. Mm-hmm. It's kind of lost a little bit of its sheen, right. I guess. Yeah. But, dude, I, I remember hearing it, you know, in those days. Sure. And just thinking this is such a beautiful, like, ballady type song, you know? And. As a 18-year-old listening to it, it means something different as it does now, you mm-hmm. know, um, because of the lyrics. 
you know, I've got a daughter now and it would, it would just destroy me if she was saying, you know, these things that he's saying in the chorus, you know, right. but, uh, thankfully, yeah, <laughs> thankfully not that's that not your life. <laughs> thankfully. Yeah. So far, so far, so good. Yeah, so. Absolutely. The, um, Oh, you just reminded me of something. What was? Oh, I do remember that this was when I fell in love with Pearl Jam lighter notes because it either showed you like the typed out typewriter lyrics or they were handwritten right in, in the liner notes and and seeing the things that he would do. This, I mean, he does little, it a lot. Little I think. doodles. Little doodles, but things like, you know, the the lyric is young girl violins, but he also has violence right. in the liner notes, you know, some crossed out or whatever. Just yeah. his kind of like wordplay with stuff like that. Yeah. It was the first time I really kind of keyed into that with him. And I think it's one of the things that always intrigued me about him as a lyricist, just the way his brain works. Yeah. Because it's almost like you well, get to see how his brain works on those pages, you know? I would, um, I would, this song especially, because exactly what you're talking about, like violins or violence. <clears throat> so <laughs> if I was in like a good mood when I was listening to this, I would sing like violins. Oh, in my head. right. Yeah. But if I was in like a shitty mood, feeling down, I would sing like violence. I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm upset. I'm violent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crazy. I'm, I'm crazy. You don't I'm know crazy, what I'm gonna mom. do. Fuck you, mom. <laughs> I'm violent. Yeah, mom. <laughs> don't call me daughter. I never met my dad. <laughs> I'm not but, making fun of people that have never met their dad. I'm just I'm just being an asshole. I don't know what I'm doing. It's been a long day, Preppy. Oh, I know. Uh, what do you think of the upright bass? I am typically not a fan of those electric upright basses. Mm-hmm. But, and to be honest with you, I'm typically not a fan of fretless basses, period. Whether they're upright electric or whether they're regular electric fretless basses. But man, Jeff pulls it off for me. It yeah. doesn't seem cheesy. What is it you don't like? Is it just from a technical standpoint or is it just the the sound? I like I like kind of traditional upright basses. I love those. Like with okay. the huge, you know, body and it's that yeah. kind of like boom 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 boom. But yeah. there's something about those electric basses that are very fretless like or yeah fretless bass like if that makes any sense and it does that weird like wong like i don't know yeah i, I like that i love it that's typically I mean, if, what turns me off about fretless basses but like if it's you see i think it's used if it's used like sparingly mm-hmm. like one or two songs i think it's i like it well i hear it I, like i said for me i'm i'm cool with it when jeff does it <laughs> You know, yeah. <laughs> but typically there I'm not. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Oh yeah, well it's cool too. Uh, I'm, I've, it's a few different places, but it's in Pearl Jam 20 as well. But uh, that this song started off his brother, 
And right. And I love that little clip of them in the back lounge of the tour bus with Stone with his guitar. Yeah, working it out. Eddie's working it out. It's nice to be able to see that progression, you know? Yeah. From kind of like the inception of it to the final recording after the well and to, to go to go from brother to daughter you know we've talked about it before but eddie just has some supernatural way of writing from a female perspective mm-hmm. and this is just another example of that yeah for sure absolutely all right oh let me mention real quick uh when they play this live it always like they always kind of jam out at the end and they always tag it with with something you know sure um it's okay another brick in the wall um wma they've done sometimes but it's there's tons of them and they're they're always really cool yeah that's one of those things for me that's kind of like you, as you put it lost its sheen for me over the years but those first few years um after this record came out listening to bootlegs cuz I was way into bootlegs back then mm-hmm. I always it's so funny cuz now I would never fast forward to daughter on a bootleg right. but back right. then I fast forward to daughter to find out what the fuck they were going to do at the end. Right. You know? That was really <laughs> exciting to me. Um, all right, cool. So we've got glorified G. Now, you like this song, right? Love it. Okay, cool. I always get you confused. I'm always scared to assume because you're all <laughs> over the fucking place. <laughs> but I've always loved this song. I know yeah. that, you know, we even had, uh, oh, I wish I could remember who it was, someone that wrote in and was like, man, why doesn't that song get more love or whatever? And right. I'm in total agreement with that. It's a, such a weird guitar part. Both both Stone and Mike's parts are so weird, like, because, um, you know, Mike's got the, the what you would think of as the main riff, and then underneath that, Stone's doing that weird flat five, the, and like on paper, it seems like those two parts should not work together, right? but it sounds so fucking cool with Dave well, A's groove behind it. It's kind of like a country, funky mashup. Yeah, it's like they reappropriated. Which just crazy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like they reappropriated this kind of like, tw- what should be like a twangy kind of lick that Mike's doing, but then... Which which that part, you would think I would hate it. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why, that why I confirmed yeah. that you actually do like the song. Right. <laughs> And that bridge in the middle, yeah, and all that, dr- those fucking drum fills, man. Yeah, Woo! 
I, man, I like all the drummers. There's like there's not a bad drummer that Pearl Jam has had. Yeah. Cruisin's great. Dave A is great. Irons is great. Obviously, Cameron's a fucking badass. But for my money, and I'll probably we'll do another record in a month or something, and I'll say the same <laughs> thing about wh- whoever's right. drumming on that record. But it was a lot of fun to to go back to this. You know, not like yeah. it's been forever since I listened to verses, but yeah. um, and really th- think about it and kind of deconstruct it again and. Dave A's groove is so fucking good. Just in general, I mean. His pocket is so good for that band. And I think, if anything, I have a harder time live uh, listening to Dave A songs played by someone else than anything else. Yeah. And it's not because the drummers that came after him aren't fucking awesome, because they are. But it's just not the same, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, speaking of Dave A, the lyrics were <laughs> inspired by him buying a couple guns. Right. <laughs> so I guess and the Eddie story was super is, a huge yeah. fan. But. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I guess the story was that he came into the studio and was, was talking with somebody and he mentioned something about buying a gun and I guess Eddie was like, what you bought a gun? And he literally said, yeah, in fact I bought two. And that became, that's like the first, the first line in the song, you know? God, I hope that's true. Um, I hope that's a true yeah. story. It's I, I think it is because Dave a and Eddie have, have told that story on different occasions. Oh really? Okay. And no one has like said, no, that's not what happened. Okay. So, but it just seems. Well, I mean, Dave is a fucking Texan, man. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's just yeah. a, like Texas is its own planet, right? Not just its own kind of like little country, but um, yeah. I just i I know we've talked about this before, but it's just. It. I mean, he's obviously literally making fun of the dude. You know, or not making fun of him, but well, yeah, making fun of him a little him. bit, yeah. And how, I mean, how do you how do you stay in a band like for three or four years when the when one of the other members is is writing a song like that? I'll tell you how. You know what I'm saying? You, yeah, I'm being serious. I mean, I'm <laughs> okay being funny, but I'm also being serious. Right? You you're so big that you. I mean, they're not riding on the same tour buses together. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the only time they uh, have yeah. to be together is on stage. Yeah. And he's behind a drum kit and Eddie's out front. Yeah. But that tension's going to build. I mean, you got to create together. You got to be in the studio together. It, I think it'd be a different scenario if they were one of those bands, like we were talking about earlier in the show, where you kind of like build everything up from a scratch track and, yeah. you know, the drummer comes in. There's lots of bands that work that way. Where the band members don't even see each other in the fucking studio, but that's not the way they roll. Well, so. yeah, but I don't. Th- yeah, I know that there's. I think it doesn't seem like they were that kind of band, though. What kind of band? That is, they're all on. There's five separate tour buses and five different hotels, and you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, it but seemed, it's seemed like they were more like hanging out together, working together. 
Yeah, probably at that time. But I mean, fuck, man. I mean, it wasn't too long until Eddie started fucking following. He started driving himself in a fucking van. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I just take it differently. Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know at that time if they, how quickly they moved on to having their own tour buses and shit like that. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, still, it's like they can control how much, I mean, they're not just hanging out together, obviously. So, right. um, See anything about this song? Anything else? Um, The the often misheard lyric. Uh, oh, glorified, yeah, glorified version of a pelican. <laughs> I still sing that to this day. <laughs> you know what? I love it. I'm just picturing, I'm picturing Brad B. In his work day, whether it's over the road or not. You like how I did that? Uh, yeah. Um, That's good. And he's he's in the truck working on some <laughs> deliveries. He's got he's got verses playing. Glorified G comes on. And he sings to himself, "Glorified version of a pelican." And as the word pelican comes out of his mouth, he gets this really pleased grin on his face and does that <laughs> chuckle that you just did to himself in the truck. That's tell me how you, uh, tell me how right I was just dude, then. you nailed it you fucking nailed Woo. it that was me that was me yesterday man I got to tell you this is the first long doing, distance relationship that's worked out <laughs> not yeah. only for myself but for the history of human civilization right yeah we're we're doing we this it. long distance relationship and we are getting mm-hmm. to know each other even better yeah man. We need to get an apartment together, or maybe that'll ruin it. <laughs> It'll definitely ruin our relationships. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but hey, you know, you only live once. Yellow. <laughs> All right. Glorified G. It's a good one, man. I love it. All yeah. right. Well, bud. But. What? But Go what? ahead. Oh, What's okay, next? cool. Yeah, we're on the same yeah. page. But. Mm-hmm. Dissident. Brad B's favorite guitar part. Mm. Ugh. No. Sounds like someone stepped on a cat. <laughs> well, yeah, man, I don't, I, uh, obviously you and I are not on the same page about this song. So, no. this song, ooh, I fucking love this song. I love the lyric, I love the melody, I love all the guitars. I think Stone's guitar parts in this song, especially in the verses, are so cool and good. Like, that grabbed my attention right away. Stone's verse parts for this song. All right, moving on to the next one. <laughs> I've said it in the past. I know. And I still... I love the the bridge. Yeah. And I love, like, 
the final chorus when Eddie fucking really turns it up. You know, she, he, she you gave know, him away. Just, yeah, that I, I I can get into that part, but man, that I just the intro and the verses. I'm just not into it. Mm. Oh, you don't like the verses? Mm-mm. Do you like the lyric? I mean, not like especially other than the bridge in the song. <laughs> no. Oh God. I I don't know. I just don't. I don't like it. Okay. Well, I mean, I mean that's well established, and obviously, I'm not trying to to change your mind, but yeah, I guess now at this point, there's no change in my mind. But because I had a change in my, I did have a change of heart on um, on leash. I mean, we'll get to that in a few minutes, but. I was hoping maybe dissident. I'd feel something for it, you know. But no, I don't. No, I wrote in my notes. Still don't like it. <laughs> you actually wrote that down in your notes. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh man, <laughs> so good. Well, I guess no, we can't have I... too long of a conversation on this song, but um, since I love it, you hate it. But yeah. I guess I'll just leave it at that. It's yeah. you know, obviously it's never it's, it's never made like my top ten list of songs or anything, but I still love the song and I have a lot of great kind of memories attached to it and um what yeah, in the guitar part that you hate. <laughs> I know it, it was a huge song for them. Mm-hmm. You know, but I just could never get onto it. And they played it over and over on the radio. In those days, and I just was like, "Ugh, I just, I never liked it." Poor Brad B. Okay, let's see here. Well, you know what we got next, my friend, WMA. I'm going to let you start off because I'm interested. I don't think you and I've really talked about this song before. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we really have. So, so hit me. What what what's your thoughts? I love this song. Okay. I love the drums, you know, being kind of I don't know how I how would you describe me as a drummer? Cuz I hate to say like as a drummer I like this song because I feel like I'm lying to people. <laughs> That like I'm making myself sound like yes I studied the drums for 20 years and I've played in bands when none of that's true I just you know right. I like to play the drums sure well I <laughs> as think someone that's all it who takes, man gravitates more towards the drums and drumming I fucking love this song because of the drums he's got those roto toms kicking along with you know his regular his regular kit toms. Um, you could, for me anyway, you can tell. You know he's a he's a Texas dude, drumline dude, uh, which yeah. I, I believe uh, that's how he and Matt Chamberlain knew each other. Which Matt Chamberlain's one of the people that kind of gave them Dave's name um, to fill you know to fill in for 
Matt who was filling in, <laughs> you know, after Dave Creason yeah. left right. the band or whatever. Um, I don't know how. I mean, that's a fairly long. How long is this song? I mean, it's a. It's not. It's not a three and a half minute long song. And he's no. he's got those drums kicking the whole. But I think time. I read that it's it's two separate drum tracks on top of it each is. other. Yeah. Okay. But they're still both constantly going the whole time. Yeah. You know what I mean. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because you can hear he's got the he's got the kick drum. He's got the he's constantly with his foot doing the eighth notes on the hi hat. Which is mm-hmm. how he gets that little sixteenth note, the little sizzle that he does. Um, you can hear, especially if you listen to it like with headphones on and the panning and everything. You can hear like the the deeper, like typical drum kit toms that he uses. Um, but then you hear those kind of higher pitched tenor sounds, which I'm sure is actually probably his snare drum with the snares turned off. But I mean, there's a lot going on there yeah know? um did i wish well then that oh, bass line that, so good and it, it's pretty much the exact same bass line all the way through yeah but it just works so good with the drums it's a weird part too yeah but it's a weird fucking song it's great um what do you what do you think about the lyrics the lyrics are, I mean, it's uh, it's I I know they were, um, I know Eddie got into he he tells the story of he was hanging out with a friend of his who's black mm-hmm. and that the cops well, Eddie said he was like he hadn't showered in a few days he looked pretty grungy and his buddy looked like a king compared to Eddie. <laughs> right. And the cops, he said the cops were like riding around on their bicycles and they came right up to them and started hassling his buddy and like completely ignored him. And they were white. And he said that he started giving them shit about it. And that's basically, he was really pissed off and raging about it. And he walked in the studio. This was like outside happening outside the studio. He walked in the studio and the the guys were like working on this song. And he just went, went straight into it. for it. Yeah. And uh I don't know. I don't well, want to I mean, say anything you, that's as, gonna get cut out. So you, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> to, I mean, to use your phrase, like on the nose, I mean, there's not uh hidden as far as meaning <laughs> right in the song i mean yeah. it's very to the point um yeah and it's just weird too how uh let's see i'm not trying to be careful on how i say this i'm just trying to think how to say this like at the time it was pertinent and then it felt like uh and maybe this is my own ignorance but it felt like some of that where this song came from kind of i don't know chilled a little bit but it's just weird you know this is 1993 and now it's 2018 and how it almost feels like these lyrics are more relevant today yeah i was saying the exact same thing like it's been what 15 years 
Is that right? No. No. Tw- 25 years. 25 years, dude. And, well, what I was thinking is, because in the booklet, it's got a picture of a guy, and it says Green. His name is Green. Okay. So I think it says, like, black, white, green, and it shows a picture of this guy. Gotcha. And the, the guy's name is Malice Green, and he died in police custody, like, a year before the song was written. And I looked him up, and it's it's fucking crazy that this shit still happens. I mean, he was um, – they, they picked him up because he was, like, outside of a known drug house. And basically, they were questioning him and then just beat the shit out of him with a, with a flashlight. Two white cops, and he's a black guy. And basically just beat the shit out of him with their flashlight, and he died on the way to the hospital. And I'm just like, how the fuck is this stuff still going on 25 years later? You know? Mm-hmm. Like, white police killing black guys for no other reason than, you know, something stupid. Like, you know, being caught outside of a of a known drug house. Like, that's a death sentence. You yeah. know, well, I mean, I guess anecdotally, I, I remember having literally going through an opposite experience not too long ago. Well, I should say it's probably been three, four years, but obviously before I got help and quit drinking and I had had one of those days where I'd been in the studio all day and I had a long day the day before and uh, I don't think I'd showered. I mean, I was looking pretty rough. And mm-hmm. that day, I hadn't eaten all day. And whoever I was working for had brought me a bottle of Jameson. So I had no food. Been working <laughs> all day. I yeah, probably man. killed I about, this is going. about half of that bottle of Jameson. Put it in my back seat. Open. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> um, driving home, like I do. I didn't know that my tag was expired. I'd gotten the, wrong in my head. I thought I had another month. Anyway, I get pulled mm-hmm. over. Have no idea why, but I'm like, I'm going to jail. Yeah, because I had no food in my stomach. I mean, I was fine, which because my tolerant my tolerance was crazy. But the point yeah. being, in this part of town I was in, um. I was like, oh, I'm done because they're going to walk by and they're going to see the bottle in the back. And the second I op- roll this window down, they're going <laughs> to smell cigarettes right. and whiskey on my breath. And I'm fucked. And he walks up to me. I roll my window down, hand him my ID. He just kind of looks at me, comes back from his car, didn't even ask me if I'd been drinking. Nothing. And let me go. Just said, get that tag tomorrow. Mm. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? You know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry. I don't, again, I can't pretend to know people in their brains or whatever, but just, you know, songs don't, I experience the opposite of what happens to people that aren't white. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? Like, I totally should have gone to jail, man. There's yeah. no way he didn't smell that, but right. I don't know. It's just bizarre. That was a, like a huge wake up call for me on many different levels. But 
Because it's just a different experience depending yeah. on who you are, you know? Because mm-hmm. you get the other side, you end up getting shot for looking at someone the wrong way. Right. You know? Yeah. Anyway, uh, we didn't mean to get on this long tangent, but it's just... it's <laughs> Civil am- rights. Man. I know, right? It's just amazing <laughs> to me, like you said, that like the th- you would have hoped that it's sad enough that a song like this has to be written, but then 25 years later, it might even be more relevant than it was then. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I think also in a more general sense this is another reason why i love this band whether you agree with them or not like especially eddie as a lyricist and as as a human being like just doesn't fuck around with how he feels about things and sees the world and all that kind of stuff so yeah anyway and it's not i mean people talk about pearl jam being like a political band all the time you know but it's like shit like this it's not political you know to me i don't see it as them taking a stand on politics, it's like basic human rights. Sure. Absolutely. So I don't know. Well, and the drums are really cool, (laughs) 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 you know, God, man, we went to serious town. Yeah. Serious.com. Okay. Well, we are, we are, you know, masters of that subject. So we (laughs) should, we should pontificate (laughs) about it. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) Okay, we need to move on. Uh, All right. One of my favorites of all time. Yes. Blood. Another one of those that, man, this started coming out of the speakers, and I was like, what in the actual fuck? This is so awesome. <laughs> and then you get that long scream in the middle, and talk about swoon. Eddie's a badass. <laughs> yeah, he is. I love the again like the wordplay stuff with referencing all the big like rock and roll magazines the yeah the spin me around roll me over fucking circus um yeah spin magazine rolling stone and then circus is circus, circus I don't even think circus is still around it is can't it? be surely not <laughs> yeah god I hope not it's but you know that's like the weird thing is like I like all those magazines yeah. You know what I mean? But then you hear it from Eddie's perspective where they are fucking making shit up and twisting his words and just trying to sell sell you something. You know what I mean? It's like I feel conflicted. Like should I be should I not read those magazines anymore? Right. Well, I think for me I I always liked back then anyway, liked I mean, I liked Rolling Stone. I liked Spin. Um, and then, other than that, I think for the most part, I was just kind of jamming on, like, guitar magazines and stuff. But Yeah. Um, Modern Drummer. Exa- oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> I mean, I think that was my... From one of my grandparents, that was my yearly Christmas present. Was a, Oh, really? Um, one pair of grandparents got me Modern Drummer. And then my dad's parents, that was my Christmas gift every year. It was a year's subscription to uh, guitar 
player or guitar world or whatever the fuck it was. I don't know if the guitar magazines did this, but I know because I still have some of them. Do you ever remember getting the like the plastic vinyl records in in Modern Drummer? Oh, like like a little seven inch. Yeah, it was like a forty five, and it was like a plastic sheet. But it was like an album, and yeah. it had like the grooves in it, and it would be like just these killer drum solos. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I remember that. <laughs> I still, I've got a few of them, like in some record. Um. Anyway, yeah, I love the time signature <laughs> of this song. It was another good example of like kind of weird time signature, but um, it doesn't. It's easy to listen to. It doesn't take you out of the song. Yeah. The guitars sound insane. His voice sounds insane. I don't. Yeah, the music is, is just, it's just a cacophony of sound. Yeah. I I just have, I, I, I don't make statements very often like this, but I think this is an example. Um, have After having said earlier that I do, I, I love all of Pearl Jam's drummers. I think they're all great in their own way, but. I just don't know how this song would have come off with anyone else on drums. Yeah. This is like so per this is one of those examples of like so perfect for Dave. A. Yeah. Oh, it hits him so hard Hell on yeah. this one. But Ooh. it's I mean the the music and the lyrics are so aggressive, you know, that mm-hmm. you've got to be aggressive on the drums. God, I would have loved to be in the studio when Eddie sang those 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 vocals yeah he's just screaming his lungs out (sighs) till it fills this room (laughs) see what i did there i do oh yeah i like it god that was good sometimes i impress myself Mm. all right well there's no doubt that we i i know that we both love this song uh up next rear view mirror Why don't you start this one, bud? I mean, Rearview Mirror. Well, it's just it's an Eddie song through and through yep. to me. I think they all get. It's one of those songs that they all get credit, but it's obviously an Eddie song. Well, I don't um, know if they do this today or what arrangement they're in, but excuse me, I just hiccuped. Um, at, now while. Let's think how to explain this. Um, they all split everything at this time. Now, mm-hmm. legally on paper, I'm sure that there was just literally the people who wrote the songs. But I think as a band, they had, and I need to do more research on this, but they had agreed that they just kind of split everything. Right. Um, so sometimes that's where we where you look online or something and it gives the writing credit to the whole band. That's more about them splitting everything evenly as a band and yeah. has nothing to do with who actually wrote the song. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, um, like you said, this this is a fucking Eddie song for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The guitar part sounds like an Eddie guitar part. Um, 
Well, this is one of the first songs he like plays guitar on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I didn't think about that. This time he that was this is when he started moving into that world, you know, leading us into Vitology. Um because it's so funny, you. I think you said this before. You feel like Ten and Verses are brother sister records or sister records. Yeah, I was gonna say this is kind of like Porch to me. And for me, Verses and Vitology are like sister records. Yeah, but now see Ten and Verses sound. I don't know the songs, the structure. I guess of the songs, all kind of sound. This it's just like an A and a B side. Like this song sounds like that. Like I said, Animal. Sounds like even flow, you know. That's and so then interesting. Like, now, yeah. like Jeremy and daughter don't sound the same, but I mean, one song is talking about a teenage boy, and the other one's like a teenage girl or a young, young girl and a young boy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I just have this weird thing where the, all the songs kind of match up, and that's in some in some weird you know, mirror image of each other. Right. And this goes like indifferent, like release and indifference. They're the real slow, chill out last song on the record. Yeah. Maybe. Well, no, I was just gonna (laughs) say, I think it's really interesting how, how differently you and I view things. Yeah. Um, and cause I, I yeah, I mean, I understand like release is a more chill vibe song and so is indifference but i do not consider them that that is the only thing that is similar between those two songs yeah yeah i'm right? not saying yeah i'm like, not saying every song sounds the same no no but i know anim- you're not like saying animal- that either but what i'm <clears throat> saying is is that animal okay take your animal even flow right mm-hmm. like animal is like droning one note with like a flat five thing in in that in that no 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 like yeah. it's basically just sitting hanging out on an A chord, and then uh, I mean actually you know what this is it I just figured it out it's because the drum grooves are close to each other you're not listening mm. it must be that you're not listening to like well uh, as a drummer that's what I'm drawn to sure yeah yeah <laughs> right. <laughs> But you, no, but there might be some subconscious thing that you know, like you said, I'm hearing the drum parts, which is triggering because the melodically, other part of there's the song. there's like nothing similar to those songs. No, no. animal, and animal, even and even flow. Yeah, I don't know. It just yeah, sounds maybe it's like, because in even flow, the chords actually move around. Yeah, and to I me, mean, it just seems completely different. Anyway, and I mean, I'm not, not trying to even, argue with you and say you're wrong. I'm just... I'm not even saying, like, the entire song, if you play them together, would sound the same. It's really well, just like... You're not being literal about it. Yeah. But Well, all right. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, back to Rearview Mirror. Oh, my yes, God. Yes, I love it. Um, well, I mean, we've covered this song before. Yeah. In a couple of different episodes, but... For me, I think uh, hearing the first two lines of that song, or actually that whole first verse, there, there, there are parts of those lyrics that just like 
<laughs> like hit way too close to home in certain ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But which is also the draw to the song as well. Yeah, definitely. You know? Yeah. When this, when I, when I first heard this song, this is one of those songs that's like, I need this right now at mm-hmm. this point in my life. Like I need this song. Right. And that's like, I always go back to that place, you know, you that want, time when I hear this song, which is, it's a good thing. Absolutely. It's good to, to get that, to get that out. You know, I've said it before. I'll say it again. You got to <laughs> exercise them demons. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I do. <laughs> oh, oh, I exercise them. <laughs> um, well, Oh, God, now I forgot what I was about to say. It was really profound what I was about to say. Mm. Like, earth-shatteringly right. profound. But Well, I know um, the line about... Well, that's were you going to say something about the first the first couple lines of the lyrics? I don't remember. You say do your thing, like and maybe I'll remember. Um, you know, in Daughter, when he says... Um, what's he say? The shades? Something about the shades going down. The shades down. go down. Yeah. yeah. And that was to basically what he's saying about that is like people don't see what's going on behind closed doors. The shades are going down because they're about to beat that girl in the song. Oh, wow. And in Ooh, this song. That's dark as fuck. Yeah. In this song. <laughs> I don't like you know, the way you just, said that. Like, yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's awesome. I mean, obviously, I know you didn't mean it that way, but that really kind of like. Uh, <laughs> it was a little odd and off-putting. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Well, weirdo. Uh, but in in rearview mirror, you know, the person in the song is getting away from the bad thing, and he says, you know, finally the shades were raised. Ah, oh, like look at that. Going back to daughter. Yeah. Oh man, you're like you're like a little uh, a human walking Eddie Vedder lyric Cliff's Notes book. <laughs> Eddie Vedder for dummies. Mm, exactly. Oh, well, I can't remember what I was going to say. Oh, but sorry. it is a pretty, again, to use your phrase, on-the-nose lyric. I mean, it's obvious what this song is about. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. there's no bullshit. Okay, so up next, rats. They don't eat, don't sleep, they don't feed, they don't see. They're the gums when they moan and squeak. Lift the dirt off a lot of All right, so oddball in a way on this record, but I fucking love this song. Yeah, like, I do too. I've always liked this song. Yeah, it's just different enough, but it's still like great. You know, mm-hmm. it, it is one of those oddball. That's a good. That's a good way to describe it. There is no rats on ten. I'll give no, you that. No, there's not. <laughs> I'm glad you and I agree on that. And, <laughs> uh, the the lyrics are pretty self-explanatory. He's basically saying, you know, rats are better than us as humans. Right. So. And he's right. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. No, I mean, I, uh, we've we've mentioned this song a little bit before in the podcast, but I mean, I, I always loved that that little Michael ja- Jackson line at the end. Uh, yeah, from that song Ben. ben. 
Yeah. Um, I always loved how he's found ways to, like, in their songs and stuff or live performances, give little nods to um, kind of the greats that came before him kind of thing, you know? Yeah, Eddie's, Eddie's like the original mashup artist. Yeah, he is. You know, yeah. he, with those tags. I mean, his th- this he tags all these, like, Porch will have some, and then Daughter, obviously, you know? And he just puts in these other songs, and it just sounds so cool. Right. Well, I think the funny thing about this lyric, too, is that, like, if you look at stuff... So the second verse, um, yeah, they don't scam, don't fight, don't don't oppress, and equals given rights. It's it's this weird kind of to me anyway. It always look it was this statement of um, okay, so are we as sentient uh, creatures like more intelligent or a deeper level of consciousness that we can um, kind of achieve than say a rat or I don't know a cow or whatever the fuck right um right. but how that kind of shoots us in the foot because we like a rat is just trying to live yeah right we actually take the time and use our intelligence in this ass backwards way where we end up because of stupid things like economic status or color of skin or whatever it is religious preference or not you know or if you don't have a religious preference whatever of of just to put it really simply and stupidly like fucking each other over Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what I mean for like no (laughs) real reason yeah and that kind of that kind of juxtaposition or um in way our the way that our intelligence kind of complicates things and makes we make things way harder for ourselves than we actually should at least as far as how we treat each other i I don't know i just always love that lyric yeah i i mean i love the song and i love the lyrics and i kind of like the like artsy fartsy what is artsy fartsy about this song like he's you know man rats like everyone thinks they're just rats, they're gross. But man, they don't compare to us because rats are actually way better than us. That's like artsy fartsy. Okay, oh, that was your artsy fartsy voice. I like it. I really <laughs> yeah. like it. But th- this always like sticks out to me. He says they don't shit where they're not supposed to. I'm like, yeah, they do. That's all they do. They shit everywhere. That's very true. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's the nugget you brought to the table. Hold on a second, guys. Eddie, hold on. Your whole argument falls apart. They There's do rat shit, shit everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> uh, well, and real quick to get back on the get back on track here. Um, the bass, another song. The bass part is so fucking killer. Yeah, um, I remember definitely when I and I like how I like how Eddie sings really in a low voice. Yeah, until the chorus, of until course, the chorus, but right, yeah, but he does he 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 like matches the bass line, you know. Yeah, and I think also, <coughs> oh, excuse me, I think also that um, 
this is a good example of to me why Stone and Mike are such badasses because this is a song that mm, how do I say this? So like there's not some like screaming Mike lead or whatever but when you dig into i mean for me anyway i guess i should just speak for myself like what i really kind of up up front like latch onto is the drums bass and vocal and the in some ways the guitars are are super cool or whatever but it's it's not like an alive riff or Right. Right. It's not one of their kind of like iconic guitar moments. Right. But yeah. it is fucking badass if you were to mm-hmm. sit down and like kind of learn the interplay between the parts that they play. It's fucking brilliant. And I don't know if that's just them on their own or if Brendan had some kind of say in all that kind of stuff, but just the way that band works together. Um, and no one is, like I said, taking some big lead or something. Uh, all those parts are super, super cool and great. I love it. Yeah. All right. Now that we've talked about rats of all songs for like 15 minutes, let's move on to something that I'm going to be honest with you. Like sometimes I forget that elderly woman behind a small uh, the counter in a small town is on this record. I seem to recognize your face. Haunting, familiar, yeah. I can't seem to place it. Because it's a real outlier of this record. Don't you think? Uh, I never thought of it that way. I mean, what else on this record is like a a singer-songwriter type, well, almost daughter. like folk song? It sounds like Daughter. Mm, You're wrong, Brad B. <laughs> My it's opinion an acoustic, is an opinion. It's, it's fact. <laughs> it's an acoustic ballad. Yeah, I mean, I guess for me, it's one of those things where, like, well, I look, did I just blow your mind? No. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I'm I'm completely and utterly <laughs> underwhelmed right now, Brad. <laughs> oh, that's not the first time I've heard that. Jk, lol. I love you. Um. Well, I mean, to me, I think okay, so. Stone wrote the daughter guitar part. It's like an open G and it's an actual kind of like riff thing. And Eddie in this song wrote it and he's just playing like, you know, G, D, and A or whatever the song's in. I don't even remember. But um, yeah, to me, they just feel completely different. So. Hmm. Okay, good talk. Well, I mean, <laughs> I can't argue with you. Well, I mean, what do you, what's, what's your, where's your head at with this song? I like it. I love this song. I always have. I kind of have a weird, uh, like, when this album came out and I was listening to it all the time, I worked at um, an Amico gas station. So I was the elderly woman behind the counter in a small town. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can't. I need a second. I just had, like, a hot flash. Whew. It's just like I'm like a menopausal woman right now. Hold on, Brad B. I am the elderly woman behind the small counter. I was. Oh, I mean, the song is about like 
a woman, mm-hmm. you know, that has been stuck behind, you know, in a small town. She never got out. And right. like her, I guess like her boyfriend or ex-boyfriend like walked in and didn't even recognize her or vice versa, you know? Right. And I was just like, that's me. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> no, I totally get it. And it, that kind of like reminds me of you talking about... um Oh my god, my brain's gone. Um, oh, what's that song? Pearl uh, Jam song? Yeah. Um, about like the whole like going to work every day. Uh, oh, uh, um, uh, what is wrong with me? Isn't it? It's on uh, binaural, isn't it? Yeah. Oh my god, dude, what is wrong with us? <laughs> this this cannot stand. Uh, I want to say small town. Small <laughs> but obviously, it's not it. No. Oh my god! Um, what is r- wrong with me right now? <clears throat> yeah, what is the name of that song? I know it's slight of it's hand. Like, yeah, slight of hand. Oh my god! Small town, slight, small. Yeah. Ooh, man, my brain just died. It was. The, yeah. It, it was. It was the whole you being the elderly woman. Right. It just kind of <laughs> yeah, just. Blew, I did I blow blew your a mind. couple fuses. I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I think to me, this song. I'm trying to remember. It's not a song that I kind of. I don't really seek this one out very often. Really, yeah. I love this song. Like, I like it a lot. No, it's a great song. I just. Mm. Um, I think there's. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Maybe I need to start kind of like putting this song back in my um listening diet a little bit more because i loved it when it came out i mean i remember yeah. getting was it a b-side or something where they had I don't the, think it, the, oh yeah no i'm saying where it was just eddie and acoustic guitar yeah um it's like the demo version right um yeah what is that on i don't remember um, where that was but yeah no i at the time i loved it i guess just for me it hasn't aged as well for me personally you know yeah but i have nothing bad about the song to say um because there are some i think real quick and then we can move on from it but i think it also is another good example of how almost chameleon like eddie is as a lyricist like he's not just one kind of a lyricist right yeah he can tell like story songs yeah. Or he can tell, like, um, well, like artsy-fartsy songs. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I say that jokingly, but you know what I'm saying? Like, they are two different kind of uh, writers, you know? Yeah. More, you know, like you said, he can tell, like, a story with something like this, but then he can get, like, more ly- – I guess I should say, like, more lyrical or more, like uh, – poetic right well it's weird so you've got something like you know hearts and thoughts they fade away on this song and then you know the next song the main lyric is drop the leash get drop the leash get out of my fucking face right then the next song has stuff like i'll swallow poison until i grow immune i'll scream my lungs out till it fills this room you got lyric like rearview mirror like he covers so much ground and does it so well Mm -hmm. you know kind of blows yeah. my mind uh all right cool let's move on to our favorite song 
Lee. <laughs> right? <laughs> Leash. <laughs> Yeah, this I haven't changed my mind about this song. I, I don't well, hate the what song. What is your? You hate it? Well, I'm not a huge fan. I no, I said really? I don't hate the song. Oh, okay. But I'm, uh, eh, I'm good. I, th- I have you know what, wasted. Man? I think it's that whole chorus lyric. I think it's the whole fucking drop the leash, drop the leash, get out of my fucking face. Yeah, dude, you sound like me. Did we just switch switch bodies like fucking thirteen and me or whatever thirteen and going on thirty? Freaky Friday. <laughs> Come on, keep them coming. <laughs> uh, yeah, what's the other one? It's the one with Judge Reinhold in Wonder Years. Uh, in Wonder Years. Uh, yeah. What? Wasn't he in Fred Savage and Judge Reinhold? Didn't they switch bodies in a movie? Oh. Well, there, there's also. Oh no, he didn't switch bodies. Never mind. I was thinking of Big for a second too, but yeah, we do nah. not need to continue down this road. <laughs> anyway, leash. <laughs> I'm putting the kibosh no, dude, in this conversation <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, I have come. I've wasted all these years not listening to this song because of what you just said. That chorus of "Drop the leash, get out of my fucking face," just always like irritated me because it was like it's like a 15 year old like yelling at their parents for the first time like they're taking their stand and it just sounds like come on man you know so i haven't really listened to the song Mm -hmm. that much but man it's a fucking killer song no i'm with you on that i think it is just that one lyric for me even the the verses they're a little bit like that a little bit kind of on the silly you know uh i don't know there's you know what it is they're super earnest yeah but as a 20 year old they're silly right but if you're like 15 you're like holy shit yeah 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 you know i'm with you on that so because the rest of the lyrics i'm i love the rest of the lyrics Yeah, I, I can totally jam on those. It's just when it gets to that, and again, I, I think this is what you're saying too. Like the music's cool. Yeah, I mean it's nothing interesting or nothing like I don't know, but I mean it's total Pearl Jam. I think yeah, yeah. it just lost me at that lyric in the in the chorus. Yeah, but I I definitely am gonna listen to this song from now on because it does fucking rock, and I'll just kind of yeah not I don't, listen to the yeah I don't skip this song. But I mean, some of it is so earnest. Like, no, that's true. I'm lost. I'm no guide, but I'm by your side. Like, wait, you like that whoa. or you don't like that? I do. I do like oh, that. Okay, cool. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. But troubled souls unite. We got ourselves tonight. It's like, oh, come on, man. Like, <laughs> it's like something out of a bad '80s movie. Yeah, but I think it is. So I am with you on that, but maybe I don't go <laughs> as far down that road as you do with yeah. that lyric. I yeah. think we're both on the same page with the chorus lyric, but um, 
you know, and our our opinion of Eddie's writing is really super important because we are the authorities. Yeah. But right, you know, I I do think that first line. While while I'm with you, I do think it kind of represents a lot about what Eddie's about, and I think what the band's about. You know, what yeah, I mean? that's yeah. I mean, he do, he does you know write a lot about the kids, yeah, which I think is important because kid, you know, the youth in culture at any given time is usually on the right side of history with things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people li- and we're kind of going through some of that <laughs> stuff right now like yeah people need to start fucking listening to the kids a little bit more yeah and yes there's things that they're not mature enough for and blah 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 but it doesn't mean that they don't they aren't thoughtful and right and i just unjaded f- in a way that adults are i like that the same people that were like well trump got elected because you underestimated his people, those are the same idiots that are like, well, these stupid teenagers, they just are sitting around eating Tide Pods. It's like, no, <laughs> motherfucker, these kids are the ones that are going to take over, and you're fucking underestimating them. No, I agree with that. Yeah, sure. So, yeah. Uh, that's like, we didn't talk about it, but the cover art for this Can't Deny Me song. Yeah. Did you see it? It's oh, pretty yeah. cool. Yep. So. It just kind of goes back to the the whole thing about the kids. Yeah, and we won't go back to that yet. But I'm whether this this song was uh, written with some political bent in mind, or or it just works out that it seems timely right now. Either way, um, oh, can't I'm, deny me. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad to. I've, I was just wondering if, since everything that's happened since Lightning Bolt came out, if we were going to go back into a little bit of ang- angry, yeah, political world angry, or not? Yeah, a riot, know, act, riot, riot act, act kind two. of shit. Yeah, rioter, rioter actor. Right. Yeah. There you go, bud. <laughs> um. All right. Cool. So, man, yeah. indifference. song mm-hmm. let's go back to 19 the 1990s yeah brad lyons still in high school dabbling with smoking cigarettes every once in a while unfortunately um because it ends up i fucking love them <laughs> i do that's why it's so hard for me do. to quit I, I, I know i love them um but Going out, cracking the window in my bedroom, climbing out onto the roof of our back back deck 
after the parents, after the rents went to sleep with a, <laughs> with a pack of camel wides and putting, the, putting my boombox in the window and putting this song on, one of the songs that I would just kind of put on repeat and just sat there, sit there and be yeah. super emotional and smoke mm-hmm. cigarettes by myself and be all pensive and deep when I was really just an idiot kid. But right. I have like very specific kind of visceral memories of listening this to the song. song a lot. Yeah, I, I can tell. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I'm not <laughs> bullshitting you, man. I can, I'm no, being for real, no. Brad. I Yeah. I can um, smell those camel wides. Yeah. Ugh, gross. <laughs> um Yeah, I don't what about for you? We have we, we haven't talked about this one either before, have we really? No, I don't think so. Um I got yeah, you about to I, give me that. Uh, I'm good. No, no, but okay. I, I just I don't know how I can follow up that because I don't have that visceral memory, but I I like the song. <laughs> Yeah, to me, this was like, um, no, this was definitely like the haunting lights are down low and you're just sitting in the dark, chilling out. And to me, it's like the yeah, spooky sister I, song smoked, in the rear view mirror. Ooh. Wait, I want to hmm. hear you finish. I totally interrupted you. If you smoked what? If I smoked at the time, then yeah, I would have been sat all in the dark it. and smoked a cigarette. Yeah. Yeah. I smell it. That's cool. <laughs> Do the Ben no, Harper version, uh, where, the, uh, where he does it with Ben that's Harper. That's my next note. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. So fucking good. Incredible. Yeah, Ben Oof. Harper singing on this is just amazing. Yeah. Totally agreed. I just love that. To going back to you know when we kind of kicked off this part of the episode. Just the kind of live feel of this record. Yeah. Not like yeah. overly produced and kind of polished or whatever. Like uh, that moment where, because it's Stone playing lead in this song. That. That part. That little yeah. guitar breakdown. And they weren't like sure about the arrangement of the song or something yet. And, and then you hear Eddie go say now stone like now you play this part because he kind of came in earlier or something like that i don't remember but just they leave that kind of shit in there i love yeah you know yep uh brendan o'brien playing b3 morgan on this one well he does that a lot but um yeah it was just a really cool slow burn record closer you know yeah. Anyway. And they used to they used to close the show with it once in a while. Oh, like live shows? Live, yeah. yeah. And it was just like just that slow burn and everyone singing with him. Yeah. You dude. know? It's like whew. hitting that I will scream my lungs out line. Yeah, exactly. Oof, damn, yep. dude. So good. Man, you mean it's funny, I'm gonna be honest with you. Usually when we have a record, uh, an episode that covers a record, I've worn that record out so much during the week to kind of yeah. like prepare that mm-hmm. when like we get done and I get in the car, you're done. Uh, yeah, I'm not <laughs> listening to that record again. Right. I might actually listen to verses when yeah, I drive home I'm, tonight. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm thinking the same thing. I'm I'm definitely like I gotta I gotta listen to this a few more times. Hell yeah. 
Because um, I just, like I said, I listened to, I kind of got burned out on the early albums because I've had 25 years to listen to them. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like I said, I haven't le- listened to this in a while. And just listening to it this week, I was like, whoa, like this fucking album rocks. Badass, man. And then when you start reading like all these old articles about it, I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, these are good, really, really good songs. Hell yeah. Well, we did it, dude. Yeah. This is a big record. Yeah. Well, I'll say this too. They, you know, they've, the last couple of years, they've been kind of sprinkling into their concerts where they play one of the albums during the show. Right, right, right. They, they, they played this in Greenville, South Carolina in April 2016. Hmm. I wish I could see which, one of those shows, man. Yeah, Damn me it. too. I, I just, I couldn't imagine, Mm-mm. you know, every, I don't know. That would be amazing All to right. see one of those shows. Yeah. Any of them, any of the full albums would be cool. Hell yeah. I mean, there's some I'd rather see more than others. Right. But I mean, what is it? I don't think they haven't done binaural. Oh, so yeah, they have. They did in Toronto, right? Toronto, yeah. What am I thinking of? Well, I mean, they haven't done mm. Avocado. Yeah. They haven't done they haven't done Backspacer, have they? No. Uh I don't think so. They've done ten versus no code, binaural. Have they done Vitology? Mm, I I don't think so. I don't think they have. No. I mean, that's another one of those things where I could obviously totally be fucking wrong because I'm not the big guy. No, I'm pretty sure they haven't done Vitology. No, they haven't. They haven't. Because Bugs. Everyone will be talking about Bugs. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Anyway. That was fun, dude. Yeah. Um. Little little late night action. Late night on the night that it releases. <laughs> yeah, this is almost like it's a real time podcast. Yeah. Um. So I better go and start editing so I can get this thing up asap. Yeah. Sorry. This is if you're listening. If you're one of those people that are, like listen right at midnight, because like Janan is what seven or eight hours ahead of us. Yeah. She's probably like, where is it, assholes? <laughs> 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 it's eight the o'clock in the morning for me right <laughs> yeah, now, and I'm ready to fuck? listen on the way to work. Yeah, so uh, we're it'll sorry. Be, yeah, sorry about that. Um, I had a fucking 11-hour session today, and uh, mm. the technology shit the bed last night when we tried to do it last yeah, night. Yeah, it was awesome. Whatever, but thank I you guys. I pretty much slept all day. That yeah. was nice. Mm. <laughs> mm. All right, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. Remember, you can email us, singlepodcasttheory at gmail.com. Hit us up on the socials. Check out our patreon.com page, patreon.com slash singlepodcasttheory. If you'd like to help grow the show, support us, uh, you can take a look at the incentives, all that kind of good stuff. We'll we'll keep you informed about all that, as usual. Um, But thanks again for listening. Thanks for hanging out, Brad. Yeah, man. This is, I love yeah, it. Yeah, dude. I love you. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. That's like the <laughs> like the first time you say it to a girl and she says, thank you. God, because there would be anything worse than a I thank know. you. I heard you the first time. Yeah, yeah, I heard you. Yeah, that was cool. That's really cool. I'm glad that you feel that way. Thanks. Oh, I'm glad you told me. I had a girl tell me that once. Uh, well, I'm really proud of you for saying that because I know that must have been hard. Oh my god, it was rough. 
I'm glad you told me. Oh, dude. I don't think I've had that. <laughs> oh, my God. God. Yeah. Oh. God damn it. Ugh. Yeah. The oh, more I think God. about Why it, did... the more I kind of like get cringy and like <laughs> my sphincter closes up real tight. <laughs> Imagine it was happened to you. No, I've had some pretty embarrassing. I mean, we've all had some pretty yeah. embarrassing things. Oh my God, what are we doing? We already said goodbye oh, to everybody. <laughs> anyway, all right, we'll see you guys next week. Until yeah. then, I'm Brad Lyons. And I'm Brad Blazik saying, I will hold the candle until it burns up my arm. Don't do that, Brad. No. It'll all hurt right. you. Mm. All right, peace. Love you, bro. Love you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God. I died and you just I died and you walked I died and you walked by and said no. I'm dead. Ah, that was hot. Fuck yeah. Woo!